Hey, and welcome to the Greatest Music Podcast, where we listen to ours and other people's favorite songs, music, dance numbers, black metal, white metal, death metal, alive metal, somewhat living metal, and songs for small children. My name is Ian. <laughs> and I'm Andy. And this, this is the Greatest Music greatest Podcast. Greatest Music Podcast! Dude, you got me with the little kids. <laughs> I was not expecting that one. <sighs> yeah, that, that one just kind of popped out. But I think I think it's because today, today, today we are talking about the one, the only, often, often covered, often ripped off, but never repeated. Metallica. Oh yeah. You got a good growl? Can you? No, I don't think I do. No, it's 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 more like a, I'm about to puke. <laughs> I don't know how those guys do that for so long though. I think they practice for a long time to get it right. Have you ever seen that documentary about the? She's like a middle-aged woman, and she gives vocal lessons to metal guys so they can scream better. No. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Huh. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Vocal coach for heavy metal bands. I just assume the guys in the heavy metal bands are too cool with giant air quotes for, for vocal lessons. How about that? Well, it's modern heavy metal music. Modern. Well, they're doing a lot more. Yeah. Well, I don't think the 80s guys would have wanted vocal lessons. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, when I think of metal, that's that's where my brain goes. I don't know why. Sure. Hmm. Do you consider Metallica metal? Not anymore. Sure. Like... It's... This album was sort of their their crossroads. Yeah. I, I think this was... This, this album defined this this genre though like i i feel like if you're talking modern metal this was the the key that sort of opened up all the different avenues that metal would later be allowed to go down if that makes sense yeah so uh, in case you haven't picked up on it we're talking about metallica's I believe it's their fourth album it's self-titled called metallica often referred to as the black album <laughs> It's self-titled, called Metallica. <laughs> that, that was fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, it has that's... a snake on the front. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that is, but that's metal. That's Snakes metal, baby. And and black. It says Metallica and has the "Don't Tread on Me" snake in the bottom right-hand corner. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's it's pretty. Like, Came out in 1991. I would have been <sighs> 10, not quite 10 years old. So right about where my girls are right now. And I can't imagine my little girls listening to heavy metal. I could. I want to see. I want to see Obs and Kaylee and Delaney just flinging their hair in a circle. Like, because because I mean, that that's what they were doing. Like, these, this was the long haired metal face of the world. Like. These dudes all had somewhat perms, 
like down past their shoulders and cut off t-shirts if a t-shirt at all um black fingernail polish and all black all the time yeah did you ever ever have one of the um the biker chained wallets no Not you didn't ever have one of those no i'm sure you did I am, oh yeah, totally. I, I believe you would have that like down totally to your ankle. Caught guilty. I I was not cool enough, nor did I have enough money when I was a kid to do that. Like I I have been the kid that's been wearing like straight leg, like like hipster pants, like I wear now. I've been wearing them my whole life. I never had the long pants. Like I never had the wide pants. I never had the jankos. Nothing. Any of that. Like I have always had straight leg tight at the ankle pants my entire life was never had the money for a chain or anything like that or hmm. a wallet for that matter like yeah interesting but yeah sure i never really got into it either though what, what was that i'm sure you could beat a fool with a chain though like i think that needs to come back <laughs> there's plenty of people uh. just want to smack with a chain sometimes <laughs> okay for That's example how we love for example, okay. most most of the people that covered this, like like there was a, a I don't even know who put this album out or why it came out. Uh, well, for the anniversary, it came out. The other thing that we're going to talk about today too is is the the Metallica blackened or what what is it, was it? The blacklist. The blacklist. That's what it was. A bunch yeah. of people covered this album and. When I say a bunch, I'm, I'm talking more than you would ever care to listen to because a lot of them just needed smacked. Because if you're going to cover a song, do it completely different, do your very own version of it, or do it exactly the way it was and do it right. Those are your only two options. None of this BS halfway in between crap that this whole album, like that Blacklist album starts with. Here's six covers or ten covers of Enter Sandman, and it's all the people that can't do it just trying to do it. That's what it came down to. There was a couple people that were like, hey, I'm just not going to play it the right way. Like, I'm going to play my own version because I can't go down, don't, down, don't, 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 don't. I'm just going to do da don't, da don't, and call it cool when it's not. Oh, yeah, that one was frustrating. <laughs> it was. It was just like the there was a mistake in the audio processing of the whole thing. It was not cool rhythmically, and it didn't do anything, and I don't even know who it was, nor would I want to bash the person, because they at least tried. I I was not even considered for the Metallica Blacklist album. Yeah, because... they tried to put a little unique spin on it, but I think it fell short. Yeah, I think when you do cover, like, what's your take on covers? Like, are, do you want people to cover the song exactly the way it was, or do you want them to move really far away from the way it was? I I appreciate both of those, um, but you also have to have a flair, your flair to it. I think. I know we've talked about him a lot, a lot before, but John Foreman, I think, is really good at that. At the few covers I've seen him do, some Beach Boys. Like, he keeps it really close, but he puts his vocal dynamics into it. It's just like there's no doubt he's singing this. Um, yeah, I dislike all Weezer covers. They've been terrible. Yeah, I th- Weezer just attempts to reincarnate a song. Like, it's not even a cover. It's... You wouldn't yeah, know they who did it Toto. Was. Yeah, 
that actually Mr. Blue Sky was pretty good, but that was more like who they are, so that yeah. made sense. Yeah. But um, they went for this Enter Sandman, and I was in it with them at the beginning because it was like, yeah, all right, this is the first one where they were like, we're just going to play Metallica. And then I forget whoever the lead singer is comes on, and his voice. Rivers. Just, yeah, his voice just couldn't do it. No, like, he couldn't. But Brian, the guitar player, is really, really fabulous. And yeah. Rivers is as well. And Scott, the bass player, is pretty, pretty good. So I can see them nailing it musically, but yeah, the vocals fell short. Yeah, because this is like, when if you're going to do metal, you sing metal. Like, you don't, like. They did not get anybody to sing metal. No. Well, that, that one band where it started with the piano, and I was like, this is going to be the best thing ever. And then the guy started singing. I was like, never mind. Oh, I know. I was so disappointed in that one, too. I was like, yes, here we go. Here we go. You know, so, but like, where I think, where I think the blacklist shined was in Nothing Else Matters. I think that was the one where people actually kind of could do something with it. Like, that song is, is nearly wide open. To kind of make it your own way. Sure. Um, well, I have to be completely honest. There's 53 artists on this album, and I didn't make it through. I listened to the original album much more than I did this cover because I just couldn't take it. I was because <laughs> it doesn't uh, make I know you we... want to keep listening. No, it didn't. So I was like, <laughs> I just want to listen to the original because it was just infuriating me. Yeah. And I know, like you, we've talked about this when we were getting ready for this one. This. This album has the nostalgia monster all over it for us. Even though it was 91, which I, I was, was nine. Yeah. You were a couple years younger than I am. But this was all like middle school, high school, mm-hmm. just a couple years old. So it wasn't like outdated or anything by the time we hit middle school, high school and started learning guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, it's a big influence. Huge influence. My My first quote-unquote band we were in we ripped off a lot of metallica riffs and things like that um even down to getting the 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 esp pickups and guitars and like the the first guitarist of the band i was ever in was way into it and i had an acoustic guitar and he had that and the dude they just don't mix they don't mix well together no because they're just hyper strong pickups like it's you you look at them the wrong way and they make noise, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. For me, it was that and and football when I was in middle school and high school. Like wherever I may roam was just a song like that just pissed me off, <laughs> and it made me get ready and and in the mindset like in the good football. way though. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A hype like, song. Yeah, hype, hype. Yeah, I was hyped. I was hyped. Uh, hype anger, which yeah. you need to like. Go out and tackle people. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know you were into football. I was, dude. I was captain of the football team for many years. Really? Yeah. Wow, I continue to learn new things about you, Ian Heichel, and you surprise me sometimes. Yeah. So that's why I was super excited about this Blacklist album, because I thought, hey, here's some people that I really love now that are going to, like, that obviously loved this song at some point or these songs at some point and do something new with them. Um and not to give a shout out to like my one of my favorite bands, but I think Biffy Clyro did the best damn job of any of them. Like, yeah, Biffy, and then oh, who is that? Phoebe Bridgers. I really like Phoebe Bridgers' version of "Nothing Else Matters," and Chris Stapleton. 
kicked the crap out of that song too. Oh, I didn't listen. I forgot that was on there. I need uh, to go back and listen to that. You do, you do, because it okay. it was that's his. Those three were exactly what I want from a cover. It was exactly the person playing it, and it was exactly the song that came before it. And it was just what happens when those people collide. They weren't trying to do anything but play the song their way. Um, and it was fantastic. They're, they're, those three are the highlights of the whole dang thing for me. Did you like Jason Isbell and the 400 Units? No. Sad But True? No. It was kind of bluesy rock kind of thing? I, I, I did, but it, it, it sounded... I don't know. It, it, it was forced. Yeah, yeah. I, it was, that's a nice way to put it. Because it's a different. I, I think you can tell when a band's like, "We need to cover this song" because they love the song. And then it was like the record label came. It was like, "Hey, you should be on this thing. How about this one?" Yeah. And they're like, "Yeah, I guess we could cover that song." They didn't have. It didn't feel like there was any investment. It was just like, "Ah, hey, that's a song. Let's redo it." Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I think most of this was. Like, or I really love this song. I could do great at it. No, no. Just because you like a song doesn't mean you can do it well. <laughs> it doesn't. There was a magic between these four dudes at this time. Um, whatever kind of voodoo or whatever was going on, it was working. I mean, they they could do it. Oh, um, well, yeah. this was. They were 10 years into their musical career at this point. Yeah. They started in 81. Lars Ulrich, Ulrich, right? Uh, Isn't that his Ulrich? He was Danish, I believe. Really? And then James Hetfield met in L.A. in the metal scene. Metal. And then they got going and starting, and then they picked up Cliff Burton on the bass. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dave Mustaine was their guitarist to start, and oh, then they kicked that. him out because... He was too much into drug and alcohol, and just being—he turned violent. So they kicked him out within Talk a couple about the pot years. Calling the kettle black. Well, I, I, I don't That's know. That's here nor there at the moment. Yeah, and then so he goes on to form uh, Megadeth, mm-hmm. and so the listing here <laughs> I saw somewhere. <laughs> Which Megadeth, is the best metal name ever? By the way. Megadeth, Anthrax, Slayer, and Metallica are quoted as like. The, the four horsemen of metal. The four horsemen of metal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So wait. So so when did uh, uh, Hammett join? Kurt Hammett or James? I get all their yes. names mixed up. So okay, there's James Hatfield, who's the lead singer, rhythm yeah. guitar player. Gotcha. Kirk Kirk Hammett is the lead guitar player. Him who's who has the curly like the wavy hair and the sort of the receding hairline. Yeah. But is one of the best guitarists, in my opinion, of of our millennia. Yeah, so he stepped in right after days. The afternoon they fired Dave Mustaine. They kicked <laughs> Dave in the morning, and Kirk walked in the door in the afternoon. Like they didn't let his seat get cold. <laughs> Do you like to beat up people when you get drunk? No, man, you're in. Good. Oh, yeah. Can you play this guitar? <laughs> How, yeah, how's your you got palm a muting? Stack? <laughs> yeah, yes. Let's go. We need to put some so, new pickups in. <laughs> so I think that was um, that was early. That was 80, 83, 84 maybe. Man, that's right around the time um, I was born. Yeah, eighty three. Eighty three is was what wow. it said. Um, and so they started playing, and they 
they were sort of a weird because this time they were one of the forefathers of this metal thing because metal was not like it is now where it's just it's just a genre and kids get way into it it was they were paving new paths this was like the beatles coming in this was like nirvana coming in with grunge this was like name the next band that sort of opened up another door are you really asking me because i i don't know <laughs> I, I i don't know either, but, those but i get what you're saying ones. yeah they were the ones that it was like you can put a a mark on the calendar and go things changed yeah things changed they were the Jimi hendrix you know the same thing mm-hmm. it was like they're doing this something different and things are not going to be the same because of what they've done them and they didn't blow up instantly like i saw a thing that said they were playing shows for like a thousand people and that was sort of their biggest show so they were sort of regionally known okay and then eventually they blew up and got on some world tours which is amazing like they're not really anybody but then they're doing world tours it makes an impression yeah yep and then 86, I believe it was, um, it, there was a bus accident in Sweden. Oh, And yeah. C- Cliff Burton, their original bass player, they had done like rock, paper, scissors, or I don't know what they did to see who would get to sleep. Uh, and Burton won, and he slept in Hammett's bunk. And then the bus driver lost control, and they crashed. And um, they were all fine, but Burton got pinned under the bus and he died. So, I mean, that's they had been playing five years together. They've been doing world tours. They're kind of paving the ground for metal. And then one of your one of your your best friends bandmate dies. I mean, that had to play a big role. And I mean. The other three guys had zero injuries, like maybe a scratch or a a nick, and that was it. The big guy was calling him home. Mm. There's a quote here from Hetfield. I saw the bus lying right on him. I saw his legs sticking out. I freaked. The bus driver, I recall, was trying to yank the blanket out from under him to use for other people. I just went, quote, don't fucking do that. I already wanted to kill the bus driver. I don't know if he was drunk or if he hit some ice. All I knew is he was driving and Cliff wasn't alive anymore. So. Sounds like a pretty then, accurate description of where you would be at that point. Yeah, I would imagine. And so. Um, then they have to find somebody else to play. They're in Sweden. They got to find somebody else to finish a tour, and um, and yeah, it's just the they searched for the Burton family and got them to give. They were like, "Yeah, keep going, man." Bur- he wouldn't want you to break up the band, and then it says they were looking at Les Claypool from Primus. Oh, that would have added some flair. That would have went a different direction. Yeah. This guy named Troy Gregory from a band named Prong, Jason Newstead. Yeah. Were the three options. And Jason, huh? And they went with Jason. It it says Newstead learned Metallica's entire set list. 
and then they invited him to play, and it said the members initiated Newstead by tricking him into eating a ball of wasabi. Because that's what you do. Sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) And so then, shortly after, a couple years, uh, they have a couple more records, and then this album comes out, this black album. Yeah. Did you... did you go out and buy this one? Was this one you got? Oh yeah, I had this one. This this was one that I you know it was. So when I was buying CDs for myself, I also went through the the Christian phase where we throw out all the non Jesus CDs because they're obviously the devil and they're trying to kill us. Um. So yeah, I do remember quite clearly throwing this one in a trash can at a gas station one day, but I had it. I had it for a while. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ian, young Ian has gone many weird directions in life. Okay. But um yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had I had the physical copy um and yeah, it it occupied a space. It wasn't this was never an album that I put on the entire album on repeat. But if if there was a mix, uh, like if I needed hype music for a sports game, or I was just pissed off, here's it was go to. Like, yeah, I realized the first half of the album I knew really well, and the second half I didn't. Okay, I guess somewhere along the middle of the album, I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm good, <laughs> and then I would turn it off. I got my. I guess I was able able to process my anger and get it out, and then like, oh, I don't even need the whole album. Yeah, well, I mean, there's there's a lot of anger and frustration in this album, and a lot of just depression. I mean, I know all three of, not all three of them, the the three, the two guitarists and the drummer, because I keep getting their names screwed up. They all divorced their wives while making this album. They had a brand new producer um, that later got hate mail for this album because he totally screwed up their sound, quote unquote. They were threatening to kill his kid. There's a lot of weird, like depressing, angry stuff circulating around this album. Um, Sure. And there's a definite lack of bass on this album. I I, think I did the, notice you said that at the end of the episode last week, and I was like, "What do you mean?" And then I listened to the album, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." yeah. From a mixing point of view, like, but I don't know where you would have put the bass. <laughs> like, where does it fit in the mix as it stands, you know? Um, so there's some of that going on. It was a, like, it was a different point in time for the band. I know a lot of them were alcoholics at the time. Um, you know, you didn't, that wasn't forefront in the media and they weren't talking about it. But that was definitely a part of what went into this album as well. And there's just... There's an overall air to this album that now 30-something Ian has picked up on that is really, really heavy and really, really dark. Um, mm-hmm. And and grown-up Ian has is, had a super hard time with this album, like listening to it again. Um, yeah, I, I did too. I think there, there were moments where I knew the words, so I was singing along, and I'm like, wait, 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 why am I singing this? I was yeah. like, I don't believe this at all anymore. And yeah, that, yeah, yeah I, they had to have been in a dark spot to write some of this stuff. Really dark spot. Yeah. And it's, I I wonder about it now looking back, because they were around our age, I think, when they were writing this, um, give or take but a they, few years. Oh, cur- hmm, 
let's let's do some math. Yeah. Mr. James Hetfield, guitarist. He was born in '63. Yeah, he's he was 58 currently. He's almost 60. Yeah. So he would have been early 30s. Well, let's see, 63 to 91. Uh, so 73, 83, 93. So, he, yeah, he would have almost been 30. Yeah. 28. So he was a little bit younger than you and I are now, but it was... Yeah. Yeah, I just... I don't know. Like, having kids and and a life and all of that, like, this, I didn't like the person I was when I was done listening to this album. Like, I could recognize that I was in a weird headspace recently like the more i listened to this like i couldn't make it from beginning to end of the album anymore Mm -hmm. Um, like after the first time where i was like oh yeah definitely we're throwing on some of these old tunes and i was like god you know like and having fun with it but when it came time to like actively listen and and think about it as a musician and with our rating scale like i was I did not like it. I didn't like it at all. When I was listening to the newest, like the the Blacklist album, and it was people that I I liked playing the songs, like in a modern way, I realized even more, like how disturbing a lot of this was. Um, so, give me. Do you have any examples? Um. Well, I mean, just. I mean, start with Enter Sandman. That's the easiest one. You know, just just about a song that began with the idea of sudden infant death syndrome and just making a song about that is kind of weird and then realizing oh it's a little weird so let's just talk about monsters and stuff killing you under your bed and like you know relate it to the rest of your life where all these people are just trying to get you when you're not looking like who the hell wants to sing about that like and then tie in sort of like nursery rhyme yeah you know like it's just which was actually a really good move, though. It like, was as a as a musician making a song kind of thing. It was like, that's cool. That's going to be the hook. Yeah. But grown up Ian is really bothered by it. Like, I don't know. I now can't. Now I lay me down to sleep. Yeah, like I can't because emotion is such a big thing to me, and 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 what the song is trying to to purvey into the world, and what energy it brings out and and allows to exist in the world like this is fucked up like it's just (laughs) for for ian this is too much you know yeah Um, okay and it's to clarify so people understand me a little better like the joker and and stuff from the new batman movies that's too fucked up like people should not be watching shit like that um because it just gives space and it normalizes that sort of thing. Like Hmm. it it becomes a regular thing, you know? And then they made the Joker like a regular like character, like a, like the, the protagonist of a new story. And he's somewhat of a good guy. If you want to go this direction, you know? And it's just, it keeps making more and more steps and things easier. And, and I feel like this, this album is doing that in some way. Um. Hmm. So from from not from an artistry point of view of just like hey music new ideas new genre new this and that to me it, it opened up a space I 
don't really want to see in the world because i mean metal has got like there are veins of metal that have gone really into weird spots Mm -hmm. that that, sure that bother me quite a bit um so yeah didn't realize dark arts and just satanic things and all that kind of stuff sure sure i mean i i don't mind the satanic stuff um it, but it's or just, just get getting into, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just like being just, crude and vulgar to be crude and vulgar. Yeah, as if it, as if those words didn't like it. It removes the weight of the words and the things like that, you know. Like, mm. and it, it it makes violence and gore and all of those things an art rather than than a detraction of life. In a way, you know? Oh, okay. Like, so have you watched this new Squid Game? Hell no. Are you familiar? No, and I think that's stupid, and it shouldn't be out there. Yeah, so I had a conversation with my wife about what it was, because she had watched it before it even got big, and I'm like, I don't know if I even want to watch that. Like, I know it has a lot to do with, like, the human social interaction and and all that, but I'm like, at the same time, it's torturing it's like the saw movies and all yeah. that junk where it's just like or <laughs> human centipede or yeah. any of those other crazy ones where it's just like why are we doing this it's almost devaluing life it is well we used to have conversations and social commentaries and discussions on this and now it's turned into a movie that you give to other people to watch on their own and to like internalize on their own um, and to see it firsthand, like, I don't think human beings are meant to see other human beings die. Cause the more you see it, the easier it becomes. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. You're only supposed to watch the ones you love the most die. Yeah. You know, like, and I don't know, like it, I don't know. There, there's so is that it's denying us of being able to grieve death. No, it's it's normalizing torture and screams and violence and blood. It's it's making that acceptable in everyday life. Like it it normalizes it. It's like, oh, you know, it's it, to me it's the same argument that people are using about the mask and stuff, which I don't I am pro mask personally. I I think that you can swing the fence either direction. Um I would rather just err on that side. But I, I understand why people are very much against the mask because they're they're normalizing this quote unquote sheep culture thing. Like I get that, um, and so I think that's kind of the thing I'm talking about. If people can relate to that idea, like we don't want to see like we don't want kids to see each other in mass and miss that part of their face and and that part of the social interaction because that devalues the people and the relationship and the time and the kids aren't developing that. Um, and so like, that's, I, that's a thing. That's at least a discussion in, in my community where I'm at, like, um, you know, apart from do they even work or not, like the social ramification of doing that. Well, we talk about that, but the squid game is, is that times a million, like you're going to sit there and watch somebody be horribly maimed and this and that. And you're also developing an emotional and psychological connection to these characters, whether you want to believe it or not, but Mm -hmm. it's rerouting pathways in your brain that do things, you know, and that change the way that you interact with the people around you. Um, And so, yeah, it's, 
people are not ob- objects to be conquered or to won over or to are com- competitors that we have to beat. Yeah. We're all human beings. Yeah. I know you you and I sort of our faith is kind of the big call is to to love. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. That's kind of the whole thing. (laughs) That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the antithesis of that. Yeah. I I mean, and I think, yeah, I think that's pushing it a little far. But yeah, that to make the point, yeah, I would totally agree with what you're saying. So so I see what you're saying. It's taking the stakes up to use your, since I now know you're a football guy, it's moving the yard markers down the field. And say, yeah. no, the regular stuff is over here now. And it's like, no, no, I like it right here. Yeah. And and I think as a as a culture, you know, we we look past that when there's something new and innovative. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I'm willing to give up this for that. Um and there's a part of Ian that's willing to give up whatever they're singing about to to have this. Like as a as a three piece or a four piece they defined, you know, you can play like this and they are super tight and it, it's subtle changes to rhythms. It's moving to backbeat to four beat to stop on the two, to stop on the four, to stop on the three. Like there's a lot of really neat things they do. They, they took hyper overdrive and made it palatable. I, I mm-hmm. think, I think that's a really good way to put it. And they took terrible drumming and made it sound great. <laughs> if, if I, can I was wondering if around. we were going to get to Lars. Yeah, and, uh, I am not a fan of his drumming. Like he is, he's not an exceptional drummer. That's he's for not, sure. But it works. But it works. But I will tell you, and I know we're going to get into the technical stuff later. But that kick drum is dialed in this whole stinking album, man. The whole oh, time yeah. you can just hear that tut 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 tut. Like, and you just know. Yeah, you like, hear the front the end of that. You hear the swing of it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. and this producer, that was one thing I came back and I was just like, oh, yep, that's the takeaway of this album for me. Yeah, there is, I think because the guitars had so much low end, so much in that muddy mid two hundred, three hundred, four hundred zone, that if it was a regular kick drum sound, you weren't really going to get any of it. Like. Yeah, you're so, talking about frequency range, yeah, and yeah, guitars, low end of male voices, um, the kick of the, the like the big meaty part of the drums, the low end of the guitars, the left hand of the keyboard and the bass, all fit in this 200 to 500 range of uh, uh, the frequency levels, and when they all get in there, that's what we call muddy. Yeah, is the technical term. <laughs> that's been used for so long. It just sounds like somebody's got their hand over the mouth and you're just hearing the, you don't hear the distinction. And when there's too much, because our brains can only tolerate so much yeah, and decipher so much of it. So it's, we have to, like you were just talking about this the other day when you were sending me some recordings of some stuff you were doing. It's like, oh, I realize you have to dial this stuff back because your brain implies a lot of stuff. It does. It's amazing. It, yeah, it's um, and especially in music, where it goes. I have enough of this range of sound to fill in the blanks. Thank you. Let's move on to the next. And it does it instantly. 
and you by don't little even hairs vibrating, a little thing beating around, and hairs in our eardrums and all that kind of stuff. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, because mm. I was dealing with the snare drum, like, and a lot of what you talk about is the feel of the instrument or the articulation of the instrument, like the, and it's the same with like a voice. Like it's the same when you guys are hearing us talk. Like, you know, if we were saying gibberish words, you could tell by our inflection what it is. But you know the words based on how we articulate the sounds that come out of our mouths. Yes. You know, and so you don't need as much of the sounds to actually get what is supposed to be happening. Like, you know what is it, it is supposed, like, you know what it's telling you without having to use so many words. But those drums, man, there was so, like, every crack, every ting, every, it's all in there. And it is. It's brilliant in many ways. Mm-hmm. I don't personally like it, but man, it's fantastic. Like to fit in with everything. It it was. Yeah. yeah. And and who was the producer? Part of it Do is you know? too. I can't remember. I think his name was James something rather, but I, I had so many names when Bob I was Bob Rock. This stuff. Bob Rock, yeah. No, it was James, James Hetfield. So James Hetfield and Lars Allrich and Bob Rock. Bob Rock. Huh. Yeah, but well, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, he went, yeah, yeah. The dude, like, audio people realized, oh, my God, he got something here, you know? Yeah, he nailed this one. Let's. I mean, his lineup is Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, Aerosmith, The Cult, 311, Our Lady Peace, Brian Adams, The Offspring, Michael Buble, <laughs> David Lee Roth. Yeah. Like, that's quite the spectrum there. It is. It's quite the spectrum, and there's some really heavy hitters. Really wow. heavy hitters. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, of of eccentric people too. Like, yeah, who wanted a very specific sound, you know? So you pick that guy for that reason. But yeah, it's and that's part of the magic of this recording is with all that articulation in the drums and the guitars being the way they were, that those sounds were boom, boom, boom. Like it's tight. It is tighter than a vacuum bag in on vacation like it is <laughs> i don't even know what that is but you use them when perfect. we go on vacation you put all your oh, towels and you, oh, you vacuum oh, out va- all the oh, space a vacuum bag i was thinking about the bag you put in your vacuum cleaner i was like i don't know no. <laughs> uh, no the vacuum a vacuum seal bag yeah a vacuum seal bag that's what i mean gotcha it sucks out all the unnecessary thing yeah the unnecessary air that we don't need to travel yeah oh okay because there's that's, not a yeah, lot of doubling or anything going on in this album that's like, a really it is, good way to think about it yeah it is like they're just boom like it's one solid brick mm-hmm. um and so, yeah, like, that's why, I don't know, maybe he's not that great of a drummer, or maybe, maybe he's Ringo to you, you know? Like, maybe it's it's just exactly what needed to happen, and he could have done way more, and it could have been way more impressive drumming, but it would have detracted from everything else. Maybe I know in the drum community, he gets a lot of crap. He does. They're like, Lars isn't that great. Dun, 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 he, dun, dun, cat, cat, dun, dun. That's probably the best song of them all, though, with some some of those offbeat timing things. I was telling you, I forgot to send you that link. Uh, Drumio is a YouTube channel. Oh, the dude who listened to it one time. Yeah, so he. This was way better. (laughs) You listened to it? Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll put the link in it. It's a African-American guy, very into jazz and swing and some of that. And gospel, just, yeah. Yeah, gospel stuff, just R&B, soul, like all of that sort of uh, stuff. And phenomenal drummer, just technically, just brilliant. He's on there always doing instruction videos. And they were like, hey, you up for a challenge? And they play Enter Sandman. And he's like, I've never heard this before. He listens to it once. And then he's like, okay, cut the drum track let me try it and he plays along with it oh, dude. and he and he adds this, he he does everything lars does but then he adds just a little bit of flair and it's like i like this way better yeah can you be the new drummer of metallica yeah and it's one of those like i didn't know if it just technologically like it wasn't there or like but no it's like it's like when so like it's like to me when john mayer plays a riff like you just hear those little subtleties and like he used this part of his finger instead of a pick and that, like just to hear it, you know, like, and, but somebody else could play the riff, but he, he can play it, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, there's just all these little bits. And I didn't know if the drums were super compressed on the, on the Metallica recording or not, but it's, everything's like 110 pounds of pressure. Like, just turn it all up. Bat, 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 bat. There's no like bat, bat, bat. It's just bat, 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 bat. You know, like yeah. You like yeah? I think that's part. I yeah, that was good. I think that's part Lars. I think that's the roots in club metal. Just be just doesn't. Yeah, just you've got to be loud. Okay. Yeah, I could buy into that. Because I mean, that will shape you. Do you? I mean, I'm sure you remember, but I ran. We ran the heavy metal punk rock venue called the Underground back in Harrisburg well, ten years ago now, oh. and we had a lot of the well, what would be the new modern metal, scream, all that stuff. And these drummers, some of them were just freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. And but that was the thing. It was the guitar players turned their amps up the whole way. And the drummers just have to play balls to the wall to just keep up with mm-hmm. those amplifiers. But then you can't hear the screaming because, well, I think that's part of why they just scream because <laughs> no one can sing loud enough over top of that. There's, no, You would need a sound system as big as the Grateful Dead's wall of sound to get vocals heard over top of a screaming Marshall amplifier and a metal drummer just going to town with two double bass kick drums oh yeah and china cymbals yeah i do appreciate Uh, that about modern metal drumming though it is much more about the intricacy of the rhythm not the intricacy of the playing like it is it is about you know like 16th notes on the kick drum and like how they interact with the snare but that's true. Maybe that's a thing. I never really stopped to think about it, but you're making me think of a lot of things right now. Like there's metal drumming as ne- like all the metal I've listened to and things I've watched. Like it is not about it's not about the feeling doesn't come from the playing. It comes from the structural component. It's the precision. Yeah. It's it metal drumming is precision. It's loud and it's fast and it's how accurate you need to be accurate. Yeah. And then the play off of the heavy metal guitars, which that's and that's the precision as well. I mean, that's a lot of what 
you can take away from new metal the yeah. art of metal music is it is precision there, there's yeah and this album's really freaking precise like it is yeah well i mean this was a tone down from what they were used to and they got called sellouts and and losers and posers and all those kinds of things because there was violins in the background and other kind of things. So they kind of got scoffed yeah, but at they weren't a like bit. girly violins. They're, they were like accents and things. I, I don't know. Yeah. And that's that's in, what, 20-some-odd years later now. Like Yeah, but for where they were at before with the the muscle shirts and the big poofy permed hair and the just fast guitars there's a bit of that like you can tell that's where they were but this was they turned a new corner and some say they went soft is that what she said (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) maybe (laughs) did you have any songs that you still appreciated yeah i still appreciate all of it i just there's a there's a part of me that has a deep longing and a sadness for the 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 other things that were opened up by it. You know, like there's just yeah, it's it. I mean, we talked there was the whole section of the Squid Games and stuff, but yeah, I mean, yeah, and it brings back a lot of memories for me. And high school was always up and down, and when you're angry, sure. this was the soundtrack, so it brings back a lot of the angry memories. Uh, like yeah. But yeah, hmm. there's uh, there's this little short dude on our football team who had the most heart and soul of all of us. He was just an angry little dude. Um, I I wonder if he's still short. I, I haven't found him on Facebook. Maybe I'll look him up. Uh, his name is Andrew, and he loved this album. Like before a football game, we would we would get in our buddy Jeff's Camaro and go to go get food somewhere like right after school before a football game, usually to like McDonald's, you know, so we take the T tops off the Camaro and turn the speakers up and it's just wherever I may roll, you know, and it was just, that was a period in time. And it was, that was Andrew. Andrew was always in charge of the music because he had to sit in the back seat and there's no real back seats in a Camaro. So that was the compromise. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's probably okay. the one thing that makes me smile. What about you? Um, yeah, wherever I roam, I think is just a really cool because it didn't have as much of the the darker stuff. It was just like I kick butt and I take names and I do my thing wherever I'm at, and nobody can tell me differently. And I'm like that. It's that's a very kinda, macho song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just sort of like the screw you man kind of deal i take my time Um, anywhere (laughs) yeah i still don't know what nothing else matters means like i'm reading through the lyrics and i'm just like i don't understand what the purpose of this song is to me that was the one that just kind of summed up hey all of our marriages are over and like it's just that because it does seem like it's a relationship thing but it they don't say enough to say but that doesn't make any sense because their marriage is all ended yeah that's what i that's what i think it's about you know it's that play on the idea that nothing else matters like nothing else matters just us and then it's like no nothing else matters like just me like i i think it's that interplay and dealing with those thoughts you know Hmm. never picked up on that I, I, that's what I always equated it to. Like, this is just, this is a, a breakup 
Like, this is how to be angry in a breakup. But the opening riff. Oh, I mean, I still play that on, on the guitar. Yeah, I remember. I remember when my yep. friend Matt learned that for the first time and we just all sat and listened to him play it like 500 times because that was that was a riff right there and that yeah that was something you know like as a guitar mm-hmm. player that that's and it's also an interesting way to play an electric guitar like that that opening bit i feel like would have been better to served on almost any other instrument but they were metallica so they're playing it on that guitar you know and to me it's just it's an interesting thing like because like uh what was the other song they didn't take his life as like a boy they grow. The Unforgiven starts with uh with that with the Spanish acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that like this a, yeah, I I a Wild West feel. Yeah. I thought that this song would have been better served on that guitar. Like to begin it. Like dun 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 like and to play okay. that whole opening bit on on a you know, a nylon string guitar, I think would have given it a feel like it, it, but they're Metallica. <laughs> like, yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. There's so much of this. Like I can remember my, my friend Jason was a big Metallica fan. He was way more into the heavier stuff and mm-hmm. I tolerated it because, you know, we hung out and that's what he always wanted. Uh, his mixtape when we put it, when we drove us somewhere in his Saab 900, uh he had a mixtape from napster which that whole thing ironic right what ironic that it was from napster yeah 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 (laughs) because metallica was very adamant against napster the 90s file sharing and oh yeah that whole thing was pretty funny where the the guy who invented napster presented at the vmas and he wore a metallica shirt (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know that, but that's fantastic. And when he was asked about uh, the shirt from, I think, Carson Daly, he goes, yeah, I borrowed it from a friend. <laughs> <laughs> it was the ultimate, like, screw you. I yeah. can throw it right back at you, dude. Um, yeah, it was Carson Daly. So, anyway. Yeah, there's a lot of it just wrapped up in me hanging out with him, and he loved that metal stuff. And I tolerated it because, like I said, we hung out. And yeah, there was like, well, and I think every teenage boy, guy, young man, whether it comes out, I think there's an angry young man in all of us. Yeah. And it plays plays out differently in everybody. There, But I think there's a portion of our lives or a hint or a season or whatever where anger is a, a major driver of the brain and the train. And... um this was a really good outlet, I think, and was able to process through it. I mean, I still, my kids are the thing that make me the most angriest in the entire world. Most of the time, I'm pretty chill, but my kids just know how to push all the buttons, man. <laughs> and we'll turn this one to an 11. <laughs> yeah. So, hmm. So, yeah, it was a bittersweet thing. It was like I had appreciation for it, but I have turned into a completely different person from listening to this so it was not like 
other albums we listened to where it was just like, oh, like Radiohead, or we talked about Death Cab for Cutie, how it was so ingrained in it, but then they sort of grew with us, mm-hmm. where Metallica was like, that was good for the time. We're going to move on. Yeah. That's true. They did move on and do the, the was it S&M? The, the, I forget what that one was called, where they played with the orchestra. I thought yeah, that was really they, neat and innovative. Yeah, they did the cover albums, which I liked that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, they they did do some things, but I I, I agree with you. Like I, I don't feel like I feel like we grew apart. Like that friendship, we yeah. we diverged, you know, quite some time back. And coming back to it now, they it's that just that friend that takes the energy from me rather than helps me out. You know, like yeah, it's fine to hang out with them for the evening, but it's just like yeah, I don't think we're gonna be tight like we used to be. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. That's much nicer. Than I was thinking in my head. <laughs> um, so, not that we haven't gushed about it enough, but let's get into our our system here. You know, is yeah. it technically okay. great? I am back and forth on this one because they're like they said those drums, great. Oh, the guitars, okay. Okay, but they were a lot very thin for me for a lot of that album. Okay. But then there were some really neat things when they did bring the violins in. That was good. His vocals were always like, you could feel his vocals. Yeah. Like they nailed that. But then there was coming back to it, and maybe it, now it's 20 years later, that lack of bass, you put that in my brain, and it was just like, oh, this could be so much better. Yeah. So I'm kind of torn on it. Oh, see, I, I am head over heels for the technicality of it. I think it, it fits much more into what we call today thrash metal, you know, where there is a definite lack of bass on in the whole, like on a whole in a lot of that style of music. Okay. Um, and so that's why, like, because what you said, like the energy from the vocals is there. Like, I feel like when you listen to it, you can tell exactly how, like, how they decided what was going to happen, you know, like... Okay. First up, yeah, yeah. drums. Okay, drums number one because that's going to dial in how this goes. We've got a bunch mm-hmm. of mushy guitars. We've got to line them up. Line it up. Good. Now we need to get the emotion from the vocals. Good. Now this lead guitar bit here, get that sound dialed in. and we. Yeah, there were a couple leads where I was just like, man, I would I love to hear that amplifier in that room. Yeah, so, just to feel okay. it. And then I feel like everything else was just the rest of it has to sit around those three things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was just I, the approach. I'm not saying any of it was bad. I was saying it's, it's good. It's pretty good. But yeah, yeah, you're kind of winning me over cause it was intentional. You're saying, yeah, I, I feel like it very much was. Okay. I could see it. And I could be persuaded to give the great, to say it's great. Okay. It's on the very bottom end of great, I think, but I think it's there. Okay. It could be considered there. It's it's the the bottom end of great. I love that. All right, we're <laughs> we're one for one. All right, two. Is it emotionally great? This is very reluctant for me. Yes, because they are not any of the emotions I ever want out in the world. But yes, it does. It spans a lot of different ideas from a lot of different angles. I just grown up. Ian doesn't want it. I thought I was going to have to fight for this one because I would 
my viewpoint is always it's a very narrow emotion, but they just run hard at it. Dark. Well, I think there's heavy. a lot of sad. There's a lot of angry. There's bitterness. There's yeah. macho ness. Like, but I thought you were gonna say it's it's all the same. No, no. This mm, okay. Well, then I'm I'm definitely in with you because I, yeah, it's definitely in, in like cut cut the fe- uh, the spectrum in half, and they're on that side of the spectrum. They're <laughs> yeah. nowhere on this the yeah. the positive side. They're all on the negative side. Yeah. How many different ways can we be negative? Yeah, but yeah, I I think they do, and you feel it. Like, grown up Ian feels depressed when he's done with listening to this. Like it's it, and I can't help it. Like even if yeah, yeah, like so. sad but true. Like that was just like this kind of like <sighs> yeah, you're <sighs> right, and I fucking hate you for being right about that. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you just want to just my nose is all in my. Eyebrows are all crunkled, and I just want to. Ugh, yeah, ah, yeah. And when you, I can, don't know how to put that into words, but that's just how I feel. Yeah, when I hear that song, or like you can hear his desperation and nothing else matters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's give it. We're two for two. Packaging. It's metal. Yeah. It's black. I mean, it says Metallica. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, so packaging. See, my uh, one thought on this was if I was like a real like it's a big diversion from the their albums before it. Like their albums before it were all very like injustice for all and what like with the you know the Metallica ride the lightning yeah. with the lightning bolts and all of that. Like yeah, they definitely they they were going the way of like Grateful Dead where it was like they have a way they do things. Yeah, you can see any piece of their art and you go, "That's Metallica." Yeah, and I know what I'm about to get. I I wonder if there was like if they were doing this one a little different on purpose, um, you know, to be like, "Hey, we're trying something a little different here," and you know, so we want the. You know, we want the like the pack. Maybe this is a more grown up step for them. I mean, looking yeah. back, if I just see a black square, I automatically think of Metallica. Like mm-hmm. it's it's so beat into my head post, you know, when this came out. But I I think you know even benefit of the doubt wise, like it's black. It says Metallica. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's and there, it's it's on file that they wanted wanted to keep it simple. Yeah. Well, you can't get any more simple than uh, your name and a snake, and the rest is black. Yeah, even the snake's we, pretty much black. I mean, yeah. Well, they said it's dark gray, but back in the day, <laughs> it was embossed. It was oh. embossed, like it was popped out on the liner notes. I remember that. Oh, I didn't remember that. The name, yeah, the name, and the snake were were popped out. It was it was really cool. It was like that one little extra extra bit. Yeah. So, hmm. oh, but you have no doubt. You're like, oh, I'm listening to metal right now. Yeah, it's about to get real. All right, three for three. Yeah. Four, honesty, honestly and authentically great. Oh, man, I had trouble getting that out. That was a tough one today. Yeah. Um, I, if Ian's uh, doing this, I, I say yes. I It... This that's is what every that's what Metallica do. I know, like there's Metallica no way do around dark. it. Yeah, Metallica do dark and angry and sad and pissed off and macho. Like, 
Yeah, like they they got a stick and they're sticking with that's for sure. Well, and and I think in their latter career, even to a fault, they stuck with it. Like it was, I think I think when you hit fifty, even mid forties, you stop metal. You don't do metal anymore. Well, like, I, if it's I a reunion know, show, hang out. Don't write new metal. Like. Nobody believes it. I'm going to kick you in the hip. It's going to break. You're going down. <laughs> like you. There's something about that, like, old grandpa biker dude that's just gnarly and angry. But I think these guys, though, way deep down inside, like, they've been angry for so long. I bet if you actually hung out with James or Kirk or any of those, they'd be just well, they've all been through wonderful AA, gen- so they're probably different people. They'd be wonderful gentlemen, I have a feeling. It's my guess. I don't know. Like, I, that's my hope, at least. Like, you would meet the guys, and they would actually just be, like, super kind and nice to you. Like, you just like, like oh, yeah. Would you like No, not, like, like <laughs> light, but they would still have that, like, like, biker dudes, you know? They look rough, but... They stick together. They're family. I've seen ones before. Now, I mean, it can go the other way, too. But I've seen one, like, people have been broken down on the highway or whatever, and they need their tire changed. And, like, biker dudes will stop, and they're changing the tire for, like, the mom with the little kids because they're like, yeah, the lady needs to be taken care of. That's what we do. Rock on. And then they hop on their loud Harleys, and they drive off. You know, that <laughs> kind of deal. <laughs> I, I well, wouldn't, wouldn't say rock on. Dude. I'm the like nerdy <laughs> middle aged guy with a Vespa. Uh, <laughs> with a Vespa, right? Uh, <sighs> but it's that sort of thing, like way deep down inside when it really came down to other people. There's, I, at least that's what I hope. Okay. <laughs> that's what I hope. Um, but they've stuck with their shtick for uh, ever. Yeah. I mean, the dude got burned for Pete's sake in the middle of his. <laughs> I know that could be a whole st- episode by itself. Yeah, him and Dave Grohl, like I. I oh yeah. yeah, you sit down on a chair and finish your concert, even though you broke your leg. Yeah, I don't think James Hetfield continued on though. Well, it's a little different when you're caught on fire, you know. Uh, <laughs> and your skin is dripping <laughs> off your arm, yeah. you know that kind yeah. of deal. When shit blows up for real underneath of you that's a problem yeah um yeah i i I don't have any reason to say no yeah i don't either but is does that make it great though yeah because it's who they are okay like it's there's no doubt about it and it doesn't matter if i liked it or not you know or want it or not like it is what it is okay i'll take it this is the one I thought we were going to have the biggest trouble with. Is the whole band great? Uh, yeah, Lars is definitely their their weak spot, I think. I think so, too. But, but I played the Ringo card, so I'm going to have to stay true to me and be authentic, authentic and say Lars and Ringo are two peas in a pod. Yeah, I, I agree, too, because it's just... You agree about Ringo? No, I don't agree about Ringo, I but I do agree in this situation. They, they, they oh, I would I had all you. be the band would be completely different. Like when you were, even when you're yeah. naming the bass players, oh, you put a different bass player. This song is completely different. You put a different drummer in, it's going to change how the rest of the song moves. Like yeah, 
It's well, yeah, they definitely have an evolution. Like there is Burton Metallica, there's Newstead Metallica, and then there's um the new guy. Um, what's his name? Trulio or whatever his name is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but what? yeah, that's why I think I think the whole band's great. Like, and that that to me sings to to some greatness that. It's you don't notice that that he is not a great drummer because everything else is going on, mm-hmm. you know, and he supports at the right time. The hits are good hits like they're in the right spot. You know, do I want them to be a little more flashy and have a little more flair? Yeah, but they are where they need to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's you don't question that. It doesn't make it feel weird. So crap. Five oh. for five. Yeah. You know what? And they're going to get six for six from me, too. Cause I, really? Um, yeah, all the way around. My childhood, I was changed, and now as an adult, I'm changed. Like, it really like made me stop and think uh, about a lot of this. Like, man, I re- like this the whole come to Jesus moment we had earlier. And I was just like, I don't think I actually want this in the world. I'm not sure if this was the right. Like, it made me think about some really big stuff. Not so much the lyrics of the songs, but just how it was making me feel made me go down here, made me go down here, and has given me really big picture things to think about. And, you know, like, because Watson, like, I was like, Watson, you got to listen to this. Daddy used to listen to this when he was little. And then I was like, shit, Watson, don't listen to this. Like, I don't want you to listen to this at all. Like, right. You know? So, yeah, I, I definitely am. Like, I have memories to this that have formed me into my adulthood. And now revisiting it as an adult, like, I learned how I've changed from that and how I believe the world has changed and consequently, you know, what changes I think I need to make. And I don't know if there is another album that I could think of off the top of my head that would do that to me right now. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sort of in the same genre, it was, I realized this just made me believe the stuff i believe even more okay you know it's almost like a negative it was trying to just think about how to describe it it's oh oh, okay i got it it's one of those have you ever had a boss and you're like i don't like how you do things and Mm. if i ever become a boss i'm gonna do things completely different because it's a south star yeah yeah, it's one of those, like, you taught me how to not do it. Yeah, yeah, like a North Star is the one that you want to go toward. The South Star is the one you want to go away from. Like, uh-huh. you see that this is a point yeah. I need to move away from. That's good. Yeah, that's that's definitely the thing that I that I felt in all of this. I was like, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing in, in high school, that's for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm I'm right there. I think that's a much nicer way what you just said to sum up what I, what I was trying to explain. Yeah, I, I think that's good. I don't think I went nearly as far as you did on this journey. Yeah. Um. Man. I don't. Okay, because yeah, I have all the emotion wrapped up from teenage years as well, and I felt the same thing, but just not as strongly. So. Yeah, I think because uh, it hit me a lot. Like I spent a lot of time in those in the the Blacklist album, and I just listening to like modern version, like something that could have come out yesterday. And I'm and like like I started thinking like, 
If this was a I don't real, want this. Yeah, if this was really a Phoebe Bridges song, like I'm not listening to Phoebe Bridges anymore. Like I'm done with that. You know, or you know, if um if uh Chris Stapleton, like if this was lyrically the direction he went with a lot of songs, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't stick with him. Like it it would just wear mm. me out. I'd be done. Um you know. So it's, it is what it is. I mean, and maybe 10 days from now, I might have a completely different set of feelings, but like, that's where this week has left me in listening to this and, and to the blacklist and all of that. Sure. Um, Yeah. In my overall picture, I I don't think I'm in the same spot as you. I think I'm sort of in the same direction, but if I think about how this music has been since it came out, since I've heard it in many years, I'm like, yeah, there's a there's got to be a change in there. Yeah, from this. Yeah, yeah. So, I was not expecting a six out of six this for is, this album. Yeah, it's a six out of six South Star for sure. Like, I I wouldn't recommend this for young people to listen to. Uh, like, like maybe. But yeah, we both did. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I I would give this to like my twenty somethings nephew who's like listening to a bunch of different kinds of music and be like, Hey, did you ever listen to these guys? Like, I'd be interested in what you thought. Like, um, but I, yeah, like Watson in his, you know, tens, teens years and that. No, I'm not, I don't want this in his regular rotation. Cause it, it does like, you just don't realize it when you're younger, like what this, what music can do to you without you even realizing it, you know, mm. like just apart mm-hmm. from being like hyped up, like those lyrics have stuck with me and I didn't even know it. Like those songs came on and I could sing along and like these are scripts Same. that just play in my head and they're not scripts I want playing in my head, you know, like without me knowing it. So, yeah. um but hey, you know, maybe I'm an old <laughs> man and I'm actually just way too emotional this week. I don't know. That, what do you that, all think? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm curious because this is the first time I've ever been like, "Don't do this." This, yeah, because all the other ones, you, you have have gone. I don't like it. I don't necessarily get it, but this is important music to listen to. Jimi Hendrix, Muse, a couple other ones as well. It was like these are formidable things, and so I would say, in the way, these are still a formidable thing. But it's, oh, very much. Be be careful because. Yeah, this one comes with a warning for me. Like, this would get yeah, a parental it, advisory from me, even though that, like, just because he doesn't say fuck and things like that, like, that doesn't bother me. It's the overall tone and aura or... Right. Uh, well, like, and that's how you are, just not to continue on our conversation, but y- y- you always, even though you're negative on a lot of things and very frank with a lot of things, you always want to see the the beauty that is life and you you just have a a great appreciation for the positive you know for the the beauty that god has given to us and and seeing we were made for joy yeah you know and yes there's fallen brokenness and people suck all the time and all of that but there's there's still joy at the center no there wasn't any in this album Nope. <laughs> All right, man. So, so let us know what you think. Uh, was this album too dark for you? 
be warned. Don't go into it if you're already in a bad space. Yeah. Um, or do you have another album that uh, is your go-to in processing the dark side of things? Oh, yeah. Lament, maybe. Uh, is there a better album for? I, I is Lament the good way to do it? The yeah. dark, the the second half, the yeah, I think the, so. I yeah, I would the, like I would like an I would like this album to have like walked me out of it rather than pulled me deeper into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I want to know about those albums. Like, what are the ones that are like, hey, I'm there with you. I'm angry. Here, now we can go this way, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Okay, give us those albums. They're head there. over to Instagram. Head over to Facebook. Go ahead. Leave us your comments. Uh, tell us what you thought about this album. Tell us your suggestions. Head over to Anchor or your favorite podcast app. Give us a good review. That helps us get heard, or at least I think it does. I don't know. Um, if you want to help financially, there's a thing on Anchor. You click a button and it does stuff and you give us money. That's cool. If not, <laughs> we just at least appreciate you listening and yeah. hanging out with us and helping us process and find great music, man. It's the good stuff. This is the good and, stuff. And next week, we're going to do something. We're going to turn the car completely around again. Because that's not? what we do. Do you know what we're listening to? I don't, but I'm, I'm trying to remember what's on your post-it note. <laughs> I got a little post-it note here that uh, we have planned out a couple weeks in advance. Do you want to listen to just the one song, or do you want to listen to a whole album? Oh, crap. We, we haven't done a deep dive into one singular song in a while. All right, then that solves it. We are going to listen to Drake's song, oh, Way shit. Too sexy <laughs> it's way i forgot about the number two sexy oh it has been on the charts recently i think it's one of the biggest songs of 2021 so we're gonna turn the corner from nostalgia go to modern music i've never we're heard gonna beat up a single drake song again what i've never heard anything by drake on purpose so i'm i'm pretty interested in this i'm glad yeah. i went with one rather than a whole album like i want to I'm going to do a deep dive into what's getting people with this. Well, hopefully it's not another Kenny Chesney. Oh, damn Kenny Chesney. Hopefully we won't buy a boat. <laughs> Kenny Chesney and Metallica should hang out so they beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> but next week, let's get That's way too terrible. sexy, and uh, we'll meet you back here. Right. How's that sound? That sounds great, man. I look forward All to right. it. See you in the future. See you in the future.